Now, broadcasting on Radio Star Worldwide, it's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. Welcome, welcome. And I just found out the other day that all the planets are in retrograde. So all technology is going flat, it's going haywire, it's going backwards, and today is no exception for that. So welcome. My name is Dr. Bart Rademacher, Prescription for Your Transformation. Hashtag real people, hashtag real conversations. And I'm really delighted today because today is a very interesting part of our daily lives. And again, it always comes back to this intelligence around us. How can we actually tap into greater intelligence when we already live in this intelligent universe? And it really starts off by asking some of the right questions. But oftentimes we just don't know what questions we need to ask. Sometimes we don't even have a clue that, that we're even unaware. So in essence, there's a, there's a great term that I learned recently from an amazing guy, Steve Linder, which is unconscious incompetence. And where can we find more competence within ourselves? You know, how is it that we can figure out, yeah, maybe something is actually not quite right in our lives. And I'm going to share a little story in a minute, but I first want to introduce an amazing human being. I'm very honored and blessed to know her. I've known her for the last couple of years, and that is Elaine Holland. So welcome, Elaine. And I'd like to introduce you because you've got an incredible background, a background your successful corporate career, a 40 million line of business, major global telecommunications worldwide. You're a master's in psychology with an emphasis in leadership development and coaching. So you've got these you know, clients all over the world that you're actually coaching right now. And you're also working with the Tony Robbins company, and you recently came out with a best-selling book. So again, welcome to the show. I'm really delighted to be talking to you. Well, thank you, Bart. It's so, so, I'm just so honored to be here. So thank you for the invitation to talk tonight about a topic near and dear to my heart, feedback. So let me, let me start off with my little story, and then I want to hear your story about, you know, how this came about. Because right. I remember, you know, I was very fortunate. I, I lived in many different countries, actually five countries, speak four different languages. And whilst I was growing up as a teenager in England, you know, I was on my own with my my parents. Actually, my, both my brothers had left by this time, and and I really didn't like living in England. I mean, it was really drab there, and it was cold. It was rainy, and you know, just coming from a beautiful country called Mexico, now going to England. I mean, England by all means is is a great country, by the way. But I was not happy. I was a miserable teenager. I was 15, 16, or 17. And guess what? I think at some point my father got kind of fed up with me because one day, and I rem remember this is one of the keenest memories that I have. I was so angry at my dad because he was giving me feedback. And I was like, Dad, what are you doing? You're criticizing me. I don't like this. I'm, you know, and, and I started arguing with him and I was really pissed off with him. And he said to me, Son, look at this. If you really want to just hear what you want to hear, you're not going to learn anything. The best thing that can happen for you is getting feedback so you can actually make changes. The things that are not right in this moment are actually gifts and gems for you to make a difference in your world. And it took me years to, to forgive him for yelling at me and, and making me feel bad, but I really honor him for giving me that lesson that's always helped me today. And so that's really what this show is about. But I'd like to hear first from you, Elaine, 
little bit about you, your background, where you're coming from, and why is it that you wrote this amazing book? Mm. Well, um, I, I was in the corporate world for 30 some odd years. And throughout the, my entire career, I started at IBM and I worked at British Telecom and I was the head of talent for a research firm that had 80 offices in 60 countries. So it was a very global, expansive uh, opportunity. And there was one consistent theme that I saw throughout my entire career is that the most critical skill every manager and leader should have is the one skill we don't teach, mm -hmm. which is how to give effective feedback. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just broke my heart to see a, a senior leader really doing, you know, having these great aspirations. And then the team would talk behind their back, his or her back, but nobody would tell the person where the, where they were going wrong. They had their foot nailed to the ground and they didn't know it and they didn't know why. And you mentioned, unconscious incompetence that is a perfect description of what happens with a lot of people and why their careers will stall is they're unconsciously incompetent about something about their interactions with others their way to build relationships or whatever but no one's talking about it so um a few years ago uh, uh, a friend was challenged and was given a 90 90 days to live and it sparked in me that same question. If I only had 90 days left on the planet, what would what message would I want to leave before I left? And the answer was this one's critical skill, how to make feedback work and use that skill to build effective teams. Did that answer your question? Yes, definitely. Awesome. So, so what's the problem with the feedback? Why is it that people are so reluctant to perhaps give it? Let's start off with that. I mean, what, what is your perspective as to why people are so afraid to, to give people this feedback? Well, um, let's, can I step back before I answer that question? And first sure. of all, define what is feedback? Um, feedback is information given in the present about the past that's going to have an impact on the future. Mm. And that definition kind of expands it a bit because when we say feedback in our culture, often we think, Oh, you've got bad news for me. But feedback is is more than that. Even good feedback isn't being done effectively. Um, so I'll get into what feedback is and how to give it, you know, a, the model of it in a few minutes. But to answer your question, I think the main reason people are reluctant to give feedback is they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Um, or actually in the book, I go into like the, 10 main reasons people don't get feedback, but the main, the big ones are, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't know how to do it. Um, don't want to upset their apple cart because what if you, you know, especially if it's an employee who's a key employee, they're the ones that are really um, kept in the dark because we don't want to lose a key employee. You know, like your dad was willing to um, make you angry earlier in your life, but if you're running a business and this is your key rainmaker and, there are some things that aren't working well, you're going to let it go. Another big one is it's not my job. Somebody else will tell this person. So there are a lot of reasons that people are reluctant, but the main main reason is, is they just don't know how. See, one of the things that I'm just thinking about now that we're talking about is that, you know, because you started off with the definition of what feedback is. And, you know, I appreciate feedback. I love feedback. And, um, you know, and I like feedback when it's done correctly because there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. And I think that the wrong way to do it 
is when the information that's being given to the other person is about themselves, not the person receiving the feedback. And so I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, this is just something that I'm making up as I go along here in the sense of if I give feedback and, and I know I, I love, you know, blade down there, but I could say, Hey, you know what? I hate you. And I think sometimes people make that about themselves and about their personal feelings about someone versus really making it a constructive or generative kind of approach where it can actually help, as you point out, something in the future. So it's really like how someone feels personally about something else or someone else and making it about themselves rather than the other person. I mean, would that would that be accurate? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I like to do is occasionally watch some of those uh, reality shows where the stars have to give feedback to the contestants right. and listen to the impact and the effectiveness of their ability to give feedback. And I won't name names, but there's one person in particular who always makes it about herself. I felt and I love and just like me. And it, it and you're right, Bart, that is one of the big, big fallacies of feedback. And um, mm. the thing that's interesting when I was researching the book there's a lot of great information about feedback online, but it's but it's not, it wasn't synthesized, and that was one of the other reasons that I thought it was worthwhile to, you know. And I reference a lot of some of those great resources in the book, but that's a big one: is making it personal. Yeah, actually, you know, before the show, I was kind of looking at you know um, Google looking for feedback, and I got a little confused because it didn't make a lot of sense you know, what was coming up. So I'm glad you've done that research and, and synthesized it in a format that really is, is incredibly effective. Because one thing that I've also discovered as a business owner um, and appreciating, you know, that in kind of information, because without that information, um, you know, you can't make any changes. So if things are not working out for you, you can't make the changes. And what I found fascinating actually is that, um, Oftentimes when I would come across a business, whatever business it was, I just found that there was a challenge or maybe I did not get this customer service that I really wanted. And so then I would happily just call the, the, the business owner and, and, you know, in a very gentle, nice way, in a very constructive way, try to give them feedback, usually asking permission first. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I would easily say 90% of the time people were insulted and they just did not want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think in our society we're conditioned that when we say I have some feedback for you, the the barriers go up, and you know you think I, you know, because they 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 know that most people don't know how to give feedback. So, but when the feedback's done properly, like people like you will welcome it, and um, mainly because, like I said, even good feedback's not done well. How many times have you heard someone say, hey, Bart, that was really a great job? <laughs> <laughs> you rock. <laughs> and you know, it's like Chinese food. 15 minutes later, you're hungry again. You know, what does that mean? You don't even know what you need to do to continue to get that kind of great job feedback. Right. So the first first mistake people make in feedback is they're not specific enough. Um for example, Bart, when you sent me a text earlier today to remind me about the steps about getting on Chrome and, and uh, Twitter and uh, what is this, Blab? <laughs> you know, the steps. Yeah, I told you I was a little nervous about the technology. And, and you, you told me exactly what I need to do. 
Right. So that was step one specific. Could you do specifically? I'm going to get into the three step feedback model if right now, if that's all right. But well, first can one. I, can, I, can I give you some feedback right now? Sure. Didn't we agree you weren't going to give me feedback? <laughs> <laughs> uh, please, please go ahead. Continue. No, feedback is first, you got to be specific about what it is. And then step two is the impact of the feedback and how it felt. So the feeling, what I got your text about was specifically I needed to do the impact on me is I felt supported and encouraged. Okay. Okay. And so the third step of feedback is what you want to see in the, in, in the future. And I guess, you know, going forward, Bard, I know I can trust you to tell me what I need to know in this new domain called online technology. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But see, again, people often start, start with step two. Boy, you really pissed me off or, you know, to somebody else. Um, you start with a feeling and that immediately puts the other person on the defensive instead of starting with the facts, because you can't refute the fact if somebody, one of your employees walks in late, I noticed you walked in 10 minutes late. You can't argue with that, the clock, I'm pointing to the clock, the clock said it's 10 minutes late. The impact is... So, so go with the steps again. So the first step is factual. What's the fact? Mm -hmm. Number two, this is how we count in England, right? You start with one instead of here in the States. Number one, what's the fact? Number two, what's the feeling or the impact of that action or the fact? Mm -hmm. And then number three is what do you want to see going forward? The future. So so for number two, I mean, is you have to give a feeling for that, or can you just can you just stick with the impact? You either feeling or impact. For example, if so, if an employee walks in ten minutes late, the impact was the whole team had to wait for you to before we started the meeting. So it's a, it's you're wasting a lot of people's time. That's the impact. In okay. a personal environment, usually it's the feeling. So what's also interesting too um, is being very aware of the very specific language that, that you use as well. And I, and again, I think most people, and you and I just recently learned this, and, and I just have to mention his name again from Strategic Brain, Steve Linder, this phenomenal artist of, of language and um, communication and you know behavioral psychology, if you will, is that how unaware we are of the language that we actually use. And so if you're not, for example, today I was, I was coaching a gentleman and I was asking him questions, you know, specific questions about something. And he kept on saying, you know, I guess this and I guess this and I guess this. And so I, I, I pinned him down and says, well, make a decision. What is it? Is it this or is it that? You know, instead of guessing. And so we, the language that we use, I guess, I mean, do you also teach that, you know, in, in your book as to how specifically language is important? Absolutely. Because again, people have trouble separating the impact from the action. So in, in part of the book, I take, okay, really parse it down. These are specific facts and these are feelings. And so people talk about feelings. And I think this is something that Steve Linder also mentioned is, is that we'll take a, a verb like communication and turn it into a noun saying things like, you know, there's just no communication here. And, and that kind of language pattern actually deletes a lot of the specific information that's required 
in order to understand what's going on in that situation. But too often our language patterns are just pitched at too high a level. It's too generalized. You say no communication here. What you need to do to recover that lost information is ask some questions. Well, what's not being communicated or between whom is the communication missing? Um, what would you be communicating if something were to be said? So, yes, I agree that don't get into the missing language, but that's that's part of what we were talking with Steve Linder about uh, earlier is how important it is to be very precise about what we're talking about. The fact has to be something you can see, record. Um, it's verifiably um, known. Um, you know, it's not an assumption, in other words. So here, here's an interesting thought. Um, how dangerous is it for someone who's getting feedback, who's receiving the feedback, who then clearly has no clue what the other person is feeding back to them, you know, and for them then to, you know, request better information, you know, is, is there a strategy for that? Yes, there's the step one is the fact, two is the impact or feeling. And before you go to step three, it, it, you always pause. You give the person a chance to give you additional information. And sometimes there's a back and forth. Um, for example, that poor employee who walked in 10 minutes late. I noticed you walked in 10 minutes late. And the impact is everybody had to wait. And then that's not done in front of everybody. That's one of the rules of feedback. You do feedback, especially corrective feedback in private. But um, then the employee can say, I, you know, I texted you and you know, there might be missing information. Uh, it was in your email that I was going to be late today or um, whatever that is. It gives the it gives the person getting the feedback a chance to provide that information, that additional information. So. So here's here's something I like to do. Um, can I just role play with you? Sure. All right. So I'm going to give you bad feedback, right? And then I'm going to ask you to elicit the feedback that you want because because here's a, here's the thing that I think that happens a lot, you know, with business owners, and um, and we know how we talk about you know people who have uh, a certain kind of disc profile. This is kind of like those behavior profiles, and there's one that's called high D for people who are listening in and, and are not familiar with that, you know, which is, you know, someone that's very, very direct, very go, 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 very dominant in a sense, but they really don't take the time to help people understand what they're really wanting to say. They know what they want. They, they know what they're thinking and believing, but their communication skills in that situation is so unclear. And so they don't always give all the information. So if I were to give you uh, feedback and say, look, the communication isn't working here and I don't like it. And so do something about it. So that's kind of vague. So if you are receiving that and, and had the, you know, um, the ability, the, the, the courage to, you know, ask what you mean, how, how would you go about it? Well, it, a lot of it depends on the relationship. Um, Am I working for you? Are you yeah. my boss? Yeah, I'm your, I'm your boss. Okay, great. And how long have we been working together? Do we have a good relationship or is this, a, am I on thin ice and I'm on my way out the door? Three months. You're, I've been working for you for three months. You're, you're okay. 88, 88 days into it. I'm 88 days into it. And how are things going between us so far? Well, you're not doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Um, if I were that employee and getting that that message from my boss, and you just said um, the communicate the communication here, it, it just is. What did you say it again? I think communication isn't working here, and uh, what I say, I'm wasting my. You're wasting my time, or something. Okay. You know, the first thing I always, as an employee, I would do is acknowledge. The last thing I want to do, Barb, is waste your time. And so I really appreciate you opening up this discussion because um, I have some concerns about the communication as well. If you feel it's not working, let's figure it out. What specifically have I said or not said or what information are you looking for that you're not getting so that we can get down to the details? Because the last thing I want to do is let you down. Okay. So, so that, but that takes a lot of guts to, to actually, you know, tell somebody or ask somebody, you know, give me the feedback that you really need that you can do something about it. Yeah, right. Right. And the reason, the way, best way to get to that level of courage to say those things is to remember the third part of feedback, which is about the future. Because even in per, this, especially in personal relationships, interpersonal relationships, you know, we've all made mistakes and know that we need to talk about it. it. The first two steps are the uncomfortable steps. The third step going forward. Now we everyone enjoys being able to talk about be able to do what's going to work in the future. You notice that when I was talking to you, first I validated it and then asked for some specifics. But the real emphasis is, look, I don't want to let you down. What do we need to do going forward? Because when we talk about the future, now we're talking possibility. Because I've had a situation in the past where, you know, somebody was also this high D person, but also a horrible communicator and just left things to interpretation. Mm -hmm. And it would drive me nuts because, you know, I mean, I'm a thinking guy. I'm a creative guy. I'm a go-getter as well. And so I'm going to interpret in the best possible way and go for it. And unfortunately, what happened in my particular case was that it wasn't what he wanted. And so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm a mature adult. Um, I'm, you know, well evolved. You know, I'm not a child. And so here's the person that's actually giving absolutely no feedback except that, that he's uh, very unhappy. And so that's a huge challenge. I mean, is there at any given time any solution for something like that? Oh, huh? yes, absolutely. I believe there's a solution to any kind of breakdown in a relationship and breakdown in communication using this feedback model to, you know, um, it sounds like when someone's that unhappy, it is there are other things that have stacked up and therefore one little thing could be, you know, the hair trigger that causes everything to to blow up. Um, and, you know, I want to bring up here um, Barbara DeAngelis's The Four R's, the, the warning signs of relationship. Um, and I, I don't know if you've heard of these before, but she says that first R is resist. Ugh, I wish she wouldn't do that. I wish she'd give me more information or I wish she'd tell me more frequently what's going on. You know, it's just resist, but you let it go because it's not a big deal. And then it can, the more you resist, resist, then it goes to, now you're beginning to resent it. Mm -hmm. It gets worse. I, you really get angry when he tells that joke again or forgets to include you on an email. Or then you, if you keep ignoring it, you don't speak up, the resentment builds to rejection. And at that level, 
you're updating your resume, you're out of here, you're planning your escape. If you're if you're in a relation intimate relationship, you might um, be working many many hours. Um, you're finding ways to kind of reject or leave the person, whether you're other non-productive kind of behaviors like. Um, um, you know, it's even fantasizing about another person is at the rejection level. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you'll split and go or you'll go find another job. And then repression is the very fourth level. And that's when you stay together for the sake of the kids. But you're two separate lives. You're not together, but you're together for the kids or for whatever other reason you're in repression. And what Barbara recommends, Dr. DeAngelis recommends is, is that you communicate at the very beginning, start with the resistance. And, and what, that's why I'm so excited about the book that I wrote, because we talk about, you know, go ahead and communicate. Well, how are you going to communicate? You need to give feedback. When have you learned to give feedback? So that employee situation you mentioned a few minutes ago, Bart, I would imagine that your, he, your and his relationship was already down at the rejection level. And so one more thing and it blows up. Long story yeah. short, start it, resist. Yeah, no, in, in that particular case, um, the stack up was before I was even there. So it wasn't so much me. It's just that <clears throat> the, the conditions of the situation there weren't conducive for, you know, the situation that he was at. And so, again, it's, it's just interesting, you know, the unconscious incompetence that people have at any given time if they're just simply not aware of what, what they're doing and, you know, how they're showing up and really, you know, and this, this dominant character, interesting enough, it's also about um, making everybody else wrong and not Mm -hmm. themselves. And that's the interesting part about, I'm sure feedback as well is, you know, who are you making right and who are you making wrong? And if the feedback is really, you know, about you, I mean, yeah, sure, somebody's late, but I mean, if, like you said, if other stuff is stacked up, then it's just completely inappropriate. So, what other insights do can you share with us in 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 the terms of giving feedback or receiving feedback? All right. Um, another thing that um, is that I talk about is we got the three step model: fact, impact, future. But there are also some things you need to remember when giving feedback. And I alluded to one earlier, that 13 tips on how to give feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I alluded to earlier, it's done in private. But it, it's really important before you give feedback that you do your homework and that you and you don't do what I call drive-by feedback. You're walking to the elevator, you see somebody, oh, um, Jane, I meant to tell you that report sucked. And then you keep on going. You know, that that kind of drive-by feedback you never want to do. So do your um, homework. And I think the second most important tip is have empathy for the person receiving the feedback. We've alluded to that, to that a number of times in this conversation that it can be hard to hear that you've let someone down or you're missing the mark. And mm-hmm. so being the person giving the feedback, when you, it, you know, in coaching, we talk about being in rapport with the person. When you have that empathy, then you've got the right, you've earned the right to give that kind of feedback um, to the individual through, through empathy. Um, the third is to be direct. You know, I had one situation when I was the chief talent officer and I had worked with the president of the division getting ready so she could give feedback to one of her key lieutenants. 
and we role played it and we kind of scripted it out and had the very specific details written out. And I knew they were meeting and my office was nearby and I saw the lieutenant walking by and I asked, so how did it go? And he said, I'm getting promoted. He didn't even know he had negative feedback. In fact, he thought it was all good. So um, we got to be direct when we give feedback. Um, we know people that we both know very well that you're thinking, did I just get negative feedback or positive? You're not sure. Um, and I mentioned this earlier, it's got to be a two-way conversation. That's another point because we don't know everything. You know, the reason he walked in that he was 10 minutes late is he had a wreck on the way to work, poor fellow, or, you know, got to get the information. Stay open is another key tip. Um, oh, this is a good one. This next tip. A lot of people don't understand this. Feedback ratio should be five positive to one negative mm -hmm. or constructive. Sometimes you'll see online that's constructive feedback because you don't want to say negative. So we perfume the pig and call it constructive. But it, the key is it's five to one. So if you're not catching people doing things right, whether you're in, in a relationship with them, um, I can't believe you brought me coffee. Thank you very much. You know, those little things, five to one is a real important ratio. Uh, you mentioned this this um, earlier, which is a really key point, Bart, which is when you said, I felt that blah, blah, blah. When you start with I, it, it um, if it's about you, it doesn't work. Because, in, and again, we see this in coaching. As a coach, the more you talk about yourself, the more the client gets irritated because it's their hour. And same thing, it's this is their feedback. Um, avoid absolutes. This is another uh, thing that our mutual good friend Linder talks about is avoid the always, never, you never call me anymore. You never, you know, always, never, those kinds of absolutes you must avoid and um, follow up, you know, especially if it's, if it's corrective feedback a few days later, a few hours later, depending on mm. what it was, how are you doing? You know, check in with the person and um, and then my favorite uh, is avoid the sandwich. I, I personally oh. think that when you say something good, something bad, something good, okay. you've just wasted two bits of good feedback because everybody knows it's coming in the middle, but it's all over the internet and it's taught a lot. You give feedback, say good, bad, good. Well, we, we're not stupid. We know the good is in the middle. I mean, the bad's in the middle and we're waiting for it. And so we don't hear what was said first or last because of the impact of negative feedback. So those are about 12 tips on how to do so it. So what you're saying is, you know, give compliments first and then give the feedback? No. No, so save the compliments to later, to another time. So give the feedback first and the compliments afterwards. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. If, feedback here, if, I'm so. negative, if I'm giving negative feedback in one meeting, I'm going to do the negative feedback in one sit down and okay. talk about the future and how to correct it and all of that. So it's left on a positive note. Oh, so you do it completely separate. It's completely separate. I want to take that sandwich apart. I want the positive in one sitting and negative in another. Because when you try to mix them up, Hum, as human beings will discount all the positive. All right. Yeah. And so you waste a lot of it. And 
uh, you waste the power of, of positive feedback by also polluting it with negative feedback at you the know, same that, that makes a lot of sense because I, I just hired a new assistant the other day and um, she's a young kid, um, but very, very detailed and very organized. And it's something that, that I need. She, she can work with systems. Yeah. One of the things that I had to do is, is make phone calls. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I was listening to her phone calls and I let her practice a little bit and they're just horrible. <laughs> let her practice some more and write on and then, but then I, you know, when I was sitting her down and I was asking her how was it was going, and she says, "Oh, it's going great." And I you know, talked to all these people, and they want this and want that. I says, "Oh, cool! She must have figured out how to have a better conversation." So this went on for like a day, and then the next day, um, you know, I just after a couple of hours, I listened to another conversation, and so I asked her the question: "What did you think about your phone call?" And she's, you know, how, how would you rate it from zero to ten? And she says, oh, eight. You know, she was really happy. She was really proud of herself. She really got it good. And then I just came right on and said, that was a two. And then you could see her whole face. I mean, she was just kind of totally depleted. And so I supported her in that moment. It's says, look, you know, there, there's a certain standard that I want to keep. So I was kind of future pacing it. And mm-hmm. for me not to give you the feedback is really not to allow you to understand, you know, what is it that we really need? What, you know, and what kind of standard we need to have. And so by just actually giving that constructive um, future pacing, if you will, as to what the result's going to be, you know, I allowed her to get excited again that she was learning learning something useful. And again, I told her, says, look, I mean, one of the things we do, we learn from our failures um, or the, from the things that don't work. And so it's never a failure if we learn from it. But we need to get that feedback back. We need to get that feedback. Otherwise, we're never going to make that progress. We're not going to get the results. Mm-hmm. And so, and I said, hey, I told, I kept on saying, I didn't, I didn't, what I didn't give her was a compliment at that time. But what I did say was, this is good stuff. I mean, let's screw it up as often as we can so we can just simply learn what not to do and so we can get it right. And so I gave her this opportunity to feel good about being okay with messing it up. And quite frankly, even beforehand, before I gave her that feedback, I said, look, I want you to fail. I want you to mess it up because then I'm going to tell you what we can do differently so that we can, you know, get it right. And, and, and going forward, because one of the things that I found very interesting when you read uh, these exponential entrepreneurs, you know, when they talk about, you know, fail often, fail quickly, fail forward. Right. So, and, and, but the purpose there with when they call about fail forward is you getting the feedback back so that you know what's not working so you can get it to work. Absolutely. And you brought up another really key point there, Bart, which is what are the standards against which a person's going to be measured? Because she felt she was in an eight and you assessed her at a two. And it was a great opportunity to reset. Well, what is good look like? Mm -hmm. Um, So these words like good, great, um, um, horrible, those kinds of words without, you know, the legs of the specific details to support that assessment called great because this happened, this happened, this happened. Too often we get lazy and just stay at the tabletop level and call it great without the supporting legs or the supporting references to make it great. And that's part of being really clear about 
looking and observing at what made it great and what made it bad. But I love the fact you brought up standards because those are critical. Yeah, and, and that that is a good point because I think too often, again, um, you know, and through my coaching process too, you know, when and and I and I, and I related to myself as well when. Um, in terms of either it's fear or procrastination or, or whatever it is, is that um, I feel that if I'm not clear as to what it is that I'm thinking or wanting, then all these emotions are going to show up. So the same thing in this particular situation is if I don't, if I'm not clear as to the, the purpose and, and the standard, and like say, you know, I can clean it up, and it's up to so, you know, that is so important to have that to You know, as when I was um, I ran sales training for IBM at, at, as as one of my assignments, and um, so we were training all the new managers. And I said, "There's two words that all leaders need to remember. Mm-hmm. One is expect. Here's what I expect specifically, and then the second word is inspect. You go back and check. Okay, how are those calls doing? So you you're clear up front about your expectations or your standards, and then you follow through." And then that will help people. And I loved hearing your story, Bart, when you said, I told her I want you to fail because that's how we're going to learn. You made it easy for her to fail mm-hmm. as, as a way of building the skill and building the competence in the role she's playing for you. Right. You know, and, and again, it's, um, you know, one thing I learned from another brilliant fellow by the name of uh, uh, Steve Cunningham. And, um, you know, we hire a lot of people for quote unquote jobs mm-hmm. and, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to hire people for jobs because that's just an occupation. You want to hire people for outcomes. And so you're very clear and specific. Okay, this is the outcome. This is the time frame. This is, you know, how it needs to be done and everything else. And then that is something that you can actually measure. Because as, as he puts it, you know, whatever it is that you're not measuring, you're not managing. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the great entry point, you know, for, for that feedback, because really success in life really depends so much on feedback. And this is another problem that I used to have in my own business. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a great, you know, I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm an artist, but I'm a lousy manager. Right. So that was the lesson that I learned. And, yeah. My problem was was that I, I understood I understand business really well, and but I, I can't implement it. I'm not that 
implement a purpose. I mean, a per person, I mean, I can come up with the systems and all that, but actually getting that part done, I just need somebody else to manage it. And what was interesting, my personal experience was that I was asking my team, look, you've got to uh, give me the information. You've got to give me the feedback. You've got to make sure that I know what's going on. And then I'd go off on my other thing. I mean, I'd do this, that, and then, and at three months later, I'm realizing, oh, hang on a second. Wasn't I supposed to get my information? And wasn't I supposed to get my feedback? Because without that, then your your business is going to fail. My, my business had a very hard time because of that. Yeah. No feedback. No feedback and a system to get it periodically. Because I think the person you're talking about also talks about the importance of those three reports that every business owner should have, you know, balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement. And they need to be looked at on a very periodic basis. And um, Bart, you know, when we talked about the the entrepreneurial hat, the manager hat and the creative hat, that manager hat, as you said, is the one that's the most scarce in most organizations, but it's a very valuable resource. And too often entrepreneurs want to hire other entrepreneurs just like themselves and artists want to hire artists just like themselves. And the manager is usually deemed or assessed or judged as being um, the boring one in the team because we get things done. You can see I'm including myself because I'm very much a manager. I love getting things from here to there in a very systematic sort of way. Um, so it's really interesting to look at these personality types, the three different roles that you need in your business. And I think he also said something about don't, what did you say? Don't hire for a job, hire on results. Yeah. Outcomes or results. Outcomes or results. And also don't hire on potential. Right. That's one, another huge mistake. Oh, I know they're going to grow into the job and I know they're going to learn. No, if they've not done it before and have a proven track record, um, don't invest in that person. Right. And of course, it begs the question of the millennial generation, then how do you get a get a toehold? What you look for is, you know, they may not have had the actual job, but they've demonstrated the behaviors necessary to perform the job in other domains. Um, who said I'd rather hire somebody who's enthusiastic and has shown that they're a starter by, you know, waitressing or, you know, waitering or bartending or whatever to make his meet. Um, oh, Shark Tank. I heard that on Shark Tank the other night. Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting though, because there's also this, you know, when it comes to any kind of relationship, you know, either personal or in business is you always ask yourself, you know, can they do the job? Will they do the job? And is it a team fit? You know, so that comes again to what you're talking about. But also interesting when it comes down to communication and, and especially for relationships, you know, um, one thing I learned from Steve um, or, or Cunningham and um, and uh, from someone else from um, Harville Hendricks, if you will, you know, he talks about get the love that you want. But one thing that I learned from um, Keith Cunningham was have an agreement. Again, standards, it's outcomes, you know, whatever, whatever it is, make sure you have that agreement. So you have that understanding. So it also makes it easier to, to give the feedback and receive it as well. Because if the standard or the, or the outcomes aren't being met, then, then it's really up to you then to say, look, I mean, this is what you agreed on. I'm giving you feedback. You're not, you're not honoring this agreement. You know, what's going to happen next. And interesting enough it, as an employer, most people will deselect themselves. So it's an easy process to get rid of people because they're not performing. 
But the other part, especially when it comes to relationships, is that communication model. And I really do believe that people are horribly bad at communicating. And there is a technique, if anybody's ever interested in it, it's called the Imago technique. There's Imago workshops. Uh, have you heard of that? No. It's, it's very interesting because Harva Hendricks comes up with this great kind of perspective. And in my opinion, it's probably the best relationship out there. There's so many out there that talk about, we got to do this and bring flowers at six o'clock in the morning and seven o'clock in the morning. I'm writing this down, Bart. What is it? <laughs> All this nonsense. Right? But it's really about, you know, why we pick our partners and how is it that we get to communicate with them? And so his communication model is absolutely brilliant. So you, you create the safe space between two people. And, and it's really a heart-to-heart -heart, uh, um, connection where there's no judgment in that situation. And you, you deliver very, very short sound bites of information, say maybe anywhere between five to 15 words max, because we, we can't hold more information than that at any given moment. And then as the speaker says, look, Elaine, I'm really upset, you know, when you come home and, you know, you leave your shoes by the front door. And then you would respond as the listener was, well, what I heard you say is that you get upset when I come home and I leave my shoes by the front door. Did I get it? And then I it would go back and forth, just verifying, clarifying, verifying what the information is, you know, without any kind of judgment. And what's interesting then is that when, you know, the, the also the, the communication model is what we've also learned is it's that iceberg model, the iceberg and what's above the water is what we're communicating, but there's so much more information underneath that's not being communicated. And um, sort of like, you know, the dog bit Johnny and, you know, what happened underneath all of that to make all this, you know, real. And so by having this way of communicating and anybody's listening, look up this Imago technique, there are workshops all over the country, I-M-A-G-O. And it's absolutely wonderful because my experience with that um, was connecting um, with my ex at that time was it was also like a spiritual communion. I mean, it was so incredibly awesome just to really know what was it that the other person was thinking or feeling. And with that way, then you could really figure out, you know, um, even intuitively what the other person is saying. And again, it comes back to giving that feedback. I mean, it's all about feedback all the time because without that information, without knowing what's true in any given situation, how can you, how can you make the right decisions? Well, you know, that again, if you're going to tell a story about your ex, I'll tell you the story about my ex <laughs> after the fact coming again together. Um, I said, you know, the one thing I hated was working all day and driving home and cooking dinner. Mm -hmm. And he said, one of the things I hated is because he worked out of home, sometimes he wouldn't eat lunch till three o'clock, is having to eat those meals that you cooked. <laughs> and we had a good laugh about it, about how we were on, we we're both being very resentful about something that could have been easily resolved if we had just had the skills right. of talking. And this, this Imago, and I'm so glad you spelled it because I had it totally wrong. Uh, technique sounds really, really uh, useful for 
kind of bridging the gap and allowing people to talk. And, you know, it's critical that we do this, that they, managers learn and leaders learn how to give feedback. Because you mentioned earlier that people self-select out of their organizations. The problem is, is they stay on the payroll for another six to 12 months before they actually leave. In other words, they leave but continue to work. That's why a, rec a recent uh, Gallup poll showed that 63% of employees are totally disengaged. And that means they're collecting a paycheck, but not just going through the motions. And that's, that is a real, real challenge for any business owner if people are not engaged because they're not productive and they're just literally planning their exit on your dime. Right. Yeah. And again, that's, that's information worthwhile having as a business owner or CEO, you know, having that. So let me ask you this. I mean, for, for an owner or CEO, is there a way to get that feedback in, in such a, let's call it organic way so that they can get, um, be more effective and actually, you know, one thing that I liked, you know, about Keith Cunningham again, I mean, you want your people to be as enthusiastic on the first day of the job as they are on the hundredth day and then in the second, third, fourth year and everything else. And welcome Rhonda, by the way, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. So um, did you want to answer that one, uh, Elaine, or what I just said? Um, no, I think, I think that that statistic both, oh, you asked, how do you get the feedback as a business owner? In fact, how to get how, and solicit feedback is one of the chapters in, in the book on making feedback work because it's such an important technique. And one of the quick ways as a business owner with employees is, you know, first of all, like you say, make it very safe for them under report to be able to give you the feedback, but ask three things. As your, as your boss, what would you like me to start doing, stop doing, and continue doing? And it gives employees a, an opportunity to put put their feedback in those three buckets. And if you have that dialogue with the individuals, you're going to start hearing real themes across the team about what should start, stop, and continue. Okay. So that's that's, that's one quick technique. Yeah. And there's about four more in the book. Perfect. So I wanted to welcome Rhonda real quick. So Rhonda, you want to just introduce yourself to everybody that's listening or in the future so they know who you are? Sure. I'm Rhonda Smith, and I'm a lifestyle architect and success coach, so I am also in the coaching world. Um, it's very interesting that I'm participating in this call today because I had some very interesting feedback from one of my fellow coaches today about my own business, and it literally flipped me upside down today, which was great. But um, yeah, I'm always, I always ask if somebody's available for feedback. It's just a common question in the world that we all live in. But um when we make ourselves vulnerable and visible with what we're going through, so we have safe space to be in to share what we're going through, then obviously we're always available for feedback. So if I may share my feedback really quick, yeah. that would be awesome. Um, yeah, so I was called sweet and kind today. And it made me mad. <laughs> and it was because she was letting me know that the way I had posted something in this very vulnerable place where I can be myself and share as an entrepreneur, you know, we have all of these moments of this. And, um, and she asked if I needed coaching because I seemed so sweet and kind and I wasn't really clear on my message. And she obviously doesn't know anything about my past or my story. And I really took offense to this. And I'm like, I am, I'm edgy. Damn it. <laughs> I'm fierce. I do crazy things. I believe in, in different ways. And it was so insulting and all I've been 
why am I so offended? And I wasn't really offended. It was, it was amazing. And, and she gave me the best response. And she said, how you present yourself and in, in how you do your business, things you say and your offers, it's very sweet and kind. But then I come on shows and I do podcasts and I have my videos and I do all this message and I'm very much me. So it was amazing feedback and offered huge epiphany and enlightenment for me today to really understand that I wasn't really being in a meant just because obviously there's maybe fear or something in sharing my message in such a bold way so awesome feedback i loved it so that that begs the question too elaine so you know it's it's interesting because yes we do live in the coaching world yeah and um i'm always fascinated and have been insulted too um when people would come up to me and um, and maybe it's a little unfair of me to have this kind of judgment where maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm a little more involved than you. And they come up to me wanting to tell me what's wrong with me <laughs> without asking permission. Yeah. So do you have a good approach or response to that? Or, you know, what's, what's your take on that? Well, I, you know, I love it when they, they even don't do it on the guise of, I have some feedback for you and would you like to hear it, which is code. It's, it's a polite speak for, I'm going to let you have it. So brace yourself. So, um, yeah, if somebody offers feedback and, and it's uh, one of the best things you can do is say, what specifically can you give me an example I really appreciate your opinion, but I don't think I understand what did I do or say that had you jump to that conclusion that even jump was a little bit uh, loaded. But what did I say or do that had you reached that conclusion that you just gave me in the guise of feedback? So forcing people who are giving you feedback down to the details that led, in other words, the references again underneath the tabletop. If you force them to the details, you might learn something. Well, when you walked away in the middle of a conversation or you look disengaged, instead of just saying, hey, Bart, I think you're disengaged. And and I'm just making this up because you're the most engaged person I know. But the point is, is, is we haven't been trained and people stay at the assessment level and they don't get into, to get specific, they don't get into the actual assertions or the facts that support the assessment. Like sweet and kind, for example, when she called you that, Rhonda, I I could, you know, as another edgy person, I could understand your reaction. I, under, I know how you felt about that. But it, it would have been really interesting to know what specifically did she mean when she assessed you as sweet and kind? And, and I think she was a little bit a little bit transparent with that by just saying like the things that I had posted and the way I use my words are really sweet and kind. But the group that we're in is a group of, it's a place where you can go and really vent about what's happening with coaching. So I feel like I need to be really careful about how I vent in that group because I don't want to be a complainer, you know, and, and, and I'm really aware of that. Um, I'd like to ask you this question. So I'm having a really hard time with the new age movement. And I do believe that there's a lot of beautiful parts to it that help a lot of people. But I also believe that we're also busy having our man, our, our vision boards and manifesting and all of these. And, and I have a lot of people coming to me and they're like, Oh, you just need to go back into the light. And I'm more of a shadow coach. So um, I feel like 
I've been where they're at and I totally appreciate that that's where they're at, but I don't want to say things like, um, I understand where you're at. I was there once too, because I feel that that's a little bit condescending. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. But what is a good reply to somebody who is just so full of love and light and I'm pretty much good <laughs> in that capacity? What's a, what's a, what's a strong response? Now they're saying you should go back to love and light instead yeah. of suicide. Well, because I'm I'm a so. big fan of, of, of doing shadow work and really working and getting people into feelings. And my past is very gnarly, so you know. So really can, I, can I answer that question for you? Yeah. And, and I love this one, and and I, I have to attribute it to our good dear friend Steve Linder. You <laughs> know, and, and the context is, and so this is cross contextual, right? Um, which means that the phrase that I'm going to use can use and be used in different contexts. And the context he used this is that, you know, in, in when people would come up to you and, and, and they start gossiping about someone else, talking about all the nonsense and all the crap about someone else. And then in his perfect, absolutely brilliant response is, well, let me know how that works out for you. And then, you know, the person kind of gets, oh, what do you mean? Right. It says, well, yeah, obviously you're just trying it out on me so that you're going to go back to that person and tell them how you feel about them. Right. So in your case, Rhonda, you can say the same thing. Let me know how that works out for you. I love that. Because mm -hmm. one of the that. things that I, that I feel, um, and I think we just lost Blade because he's signing out. Um, oh, he's still crying. Oh, his baby is crying. He's at home. You know, what's what's really interesting, and, um, you know, I had a great coaching call today uh, for me, my coach, and I'm not going to go into the details about it, but the summation of it really that I came up with at the end of it was, you know, we can't see things in other people that we can't see in ourselves, or we're not focusing on things, or we're focusing on things and other people and their problems or their or judgment, you're judging others as you're judging yourself. And so in my opinion, when somebody's coming up to you and says, look, you know, you've got to have more love and light in your life, it's probably a reflection, you know, upon themselves. So basically, depending on what your relationship is, it says, oh, you know what, hold on a second. Um, yeah, here's, here's, uh, here is my, here's a mirror. Okay, hold up. Look at yourself. <laughs> right. And, and 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 tr and you can do it, you know, in a humorous way, and, and and you can say, hey, you know, thank you so much for that information. And oh, by the way, you know, uh, this is a mirror. You know, want to check yourself out. Well, when I bring up spiritual bypassing, and I'll just say thank you, but I don't. I'm not a fan of spiritual bypassing, or I'll just say. And usually, people don't want to admit that they don't know what I'm talking about. But so that seems to have worked a little bit. But again, I don't want to make anybody feel bad for offering. Stuff because we all get to be in these vulnerable places where we share information, we offer feedback to people. So I want to do it in a way that people aren't afraid to do it again. But at the same time, I'm all stocked up on love and light. <laughs> yeah, but, truthfully, I mean, let me just answer that. I mean, what right do you have to give me feedback? Well, right? if we're in, in well, in, hmm, in I that would. In, that in, our, in our community, yeah, in that community, it's what we do. But in the coaching world, um, like my coach, Mark Giggy, and I, we definitely have that 
question is a big part of things because often I'll, I'll see something in him and I'll say, do you want my feedback? Are you, and he'll, he'll say, no, I'm not available for feedback. So we really have that respect for each other that sometimes we're just not available for it, but most time people don't really know how to respond to that. So, but uh, I would ask you, Bart, I mean, I think, I think we have enough of a connection that I would feel comfortable giving you feedback on something, but oh, I wouldn't, no, give, it to, no, no, I that's wouldn't give it to Elaine. I just met her, you know, I think she's lovely, but <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, I don't feel like we have quite that rapport yet. So not, yeah. one, one, one thing, if I can jump in there and, and this is what I, what I would do if I were you, in, in your situation with Elaine, or if I didn't know Elaine, and, and I actually did this at, at a recent event, and I think I shared it with you, Elaine, and and it's also kind of the, the Gestalt approach, where the feedback that you give, you make it personal in the sense of, well, in my experience, this is what I did in this particular situation, and this is what I got out of it. So I'm owning that. So in, in the particular case of that lady, then she could say, you know what? I've been in the shadow world all this time and, you know, I'm so happy now that I've discovered more love and light and it's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on their personal experience as to what served and supported them. So you could actually talk to Elaine, you know, or you could just be blunt and say, Elaine, this, you know, but, but would, would you agree with that Elaine? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you're, I have to admit, I don't, the the shadow coaching and love and light uh, it's it's out of my wheelhouse i've not worked in that area so if i offer any feedback or thoughts on this i'm guessing and i don't want to guess um, yes. well i mean I, it's not I, I will say that as a results coach if someone were to come up to me and say elaine you need to try you know use a little bit more love and light i would say you know i'm happy with the results i'm getting with my clients my clients are happy i don't see any reason that I need to to make that kind of shift. If I'm not getting the results I want with clients and they're not getting the results, well, then I might be more open. So right. I just want to put that wrapper around the, you know, that reaction, which is the doing great. And by the way, the love and light folks from what I little bit I know is I, I personally have an Don't issue. Say with Don't say it. it. Oh, I just, you know, <laughs> if we're just going to sit back and bliss out and hope something happens because <laughs> manifested, I can't stand that. We got to take action right. as well. And that's very much being a result. Of action. I agree. Very much about taking action. And I also believe in meditation, having a good relationship between your conscious and unconscious and accessing resources beyond the physical world. I absolutely do buy in with that. But, oh, my goodness, we got to get out there and do something as well, because that's when you start the learning cycle, Bart, that you were talking about earlier, going from con unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence and on up. Elaine, we oh. can hang out. We can. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So nice. Yeah. I think we're, yeah. Okay, Bart, we're close enough now that we could give each other feedback. This is kind of a... Instant report. Well, actually, actually, hopefully, Rhonda is going to make this decision, this big decision about something in November. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm looking into it. I'm definitely, it's, I'm definitely interested in it. So, well, Elaine is going. I'm going. Oh, and another very good friend that you would love, Rhonda, is going. I found out today. So, okay. sorry about that. 
Bart's putting together an awesome team. Yeah, yeah I'm so super we, we have to figure out how. I mean, you're, you're you both are amazing ladies, and it'll be an absolute wonderful thing. And the experience will be just mind blowing. And and this is their their last trip that they're going to do. Um, and we have an, another friend, Suzanne, that's just a beautiful, beautiful woman that's going to come. Lovely. Just great, great transformational leaders. Uh, it'll be life changing. The price is actually less than on the paper. So just so you know that. Um, um, Aline, where do you live? What state? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay, you're not that far. Okay. Where are you? I'm in Northern California. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're close we're compared to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm bringing. So you know. my... Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, I was Rhonda. Say, you might be visiting for some sound healing, Bart. So I was wondering if that would be a a good yes. mix three of us. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that. No, no, absolutely. I think that yeah. would be absolutely terrific. And and again, just so so both of you know, my my purpose is to build this virtual community of amazing people and amazing voices, and and really learn from each other and and have really, you know, not so much the serious talk, but let's call it you know useful talk, you know, stuff that makes sense, that's helpful, that's constructive, that's collaborative, you know, that's that's generative. And, you know, and again, it's, it's, as I put it, I mean, it's the prescription for transformation and just like the, the, the term prescription itself, you know, is, you know, whose prescription is it, you know, is it someone else's program that you learned from a child and that was forced fed on you or something else, you know, or is it your prescription with new insights, new information that really can help you and support you and, and live the life that you you desire because the truth is is that we come across challenges you know things do happen life happens and you know one of the phrases that that i'm very familiar with is you know does life happen to you or does it happen for you and and that's also a choice are you at the effect of things or are you going to be at the cause of things but one thing i do realize is that you know the big problem is when we don't know what we don't know then sometimes it's hard to make the right choices it's hard to know what to do and so again, this is what this platform is and, and gathering communities and people like yourselves and, and inviting more conversations like this so that we have a really awesome big platform so that we can help each other. Because at the end of the day, I think we've relied so much on mass media, um, things like that. Um, recently, I just read this statistic that high school kids, by the time they hit high school, they have watched 360,000 commercials. I mean, what an impact that has on the way people think. And so it's important that we start talking. I have a friend and she has a 13 year old stepdaughter. And she said that on statistically they spend nine hours a day in front of a screen. And she said that she's more like 13 hours a day because she's on social media so much more, but that's going to have an incredible effect on people. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really does. And so with this, this platform, with this global reach, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, one day I hope to even have more people in a room like this so we can have bigger conversations. You know, four people is very manageable. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun just to have really just really cool conversations. You know, not not the silly stuff, but the really cool stuff. That one's like, you know, about feedback, which is like today. We can be silly, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to be silly sometimes. Well, well that's right, huh? I was just going to uh, commend you, Bart, for creating this platform so that we and this conversation. So it's a place that we can bring 
really interesting topics and kind of pull it apart and say, what does it mean and how do I use it? And what about this and what about that? It's it's very exciting to have this opportunity to do that with, with the two of you tonight. So, uh, And I'll uh, participate as long as I don't get any feedback. <laughs> don't worry, I'll tell you something good and something bad and something Okay, bad. good. Yeah, good. Well, it went well in the next time, right? <laughs> well, on that note, and I'm just going to give feedback to Elaine right now, is that next time you give feedback to certain people, you have to make sure that you don't upset them so much that they never talk to you again. <laughs> Well, you know, because life happens for her and not to her, I'm sure that my feedback is all for her development. Oh, gosh, was it a her or a him? I'm trying to guess. I ain't saying anything. I have no idea who it is. So, oh, anyhow. Yeah. That's why they call me the Velvet Hammer as the coach, because sometimes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, is that why they call you that? Yeah. The Velvet Hammer? That's my coach identity. Absolutely. The velvet hammer. Yeah. You'll, you'll get the point. It'll just be nice. <laughs> Can I follow your blog at the velvet hammer.com? Oh no, but that's a great one. Signing up for it. Yeah. I would, I would get it immediately. Okay. Oh, Rhonda, yeah. that, that's such a great idea. I, I will say I do have blogs on um, my Bart. Can I tell my coaching uh, website? Oh, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's a really hard one to remember. It's CoachElaine.com. I did get that one. <laughs> so I do have several blogs on CoachElaine.com and more coming. So okay. I, I look forward to the Velvet Hammer. I need I need you for oh, I'm so sorry about that. I need Velvet. you for some strong feedback. <laughs> Velvet Hammer. What did you say? It's a blog. The, the Velvet. I would go to to go daddy right now and buy that for 12 bucks. You or got it. Got it written down. Gonna go buy it. Thank you, Rhonda. Yeah, you're welcome. No, you have to thank me. I got Rhonda on here, so you have to thank me first. <laughs> you know, there's a certain order of thank you. You can have the oh, credit. Wait, okay, yeah. I was thanking her for the great idea. Now, yeah. your thanks for bringing me on, Bart, is <laughs> a huge thank you. I'm I'm honored and touched by the depth of our friendship and growing partnership. It is just. You know, there's few people in the world that when they come along, you just think, wow. And you're one of those wow guys. And so thank I you. I completely agree. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Join Dr. Barton Rademacher live right here on Radio Star Worldwide each week or on demand 24-7.